Welcome to the Glow Church Podcast. We are a global church committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus around the world. I'd love to invite you to join us for a service at any of our locations or join us online for our live stream service. I trust that today's message will bring hope and purpose to your life. Fantastic. Well, we are in our Christmas series. This is week one. And the banner over our Christmas season is Let There Be Peace. Let there be peace. And today I want to share a message with you called The Missing Peace. Oh, yeah, there you go. The Missing Peace. 700 years before Jesus walked this earth, came as God in the flesh, a prophecy was given by the prophet Isaiah, and it said, for, uh, sorry, that better. let's rewind that. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. Listen to this list of quality. Listen to the names given. Incredible. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Here we go. Prince of Peace. And it goes on and it says in verse 7, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. A never-ending peace that God has for his people. We find that in Isaiah chapter 9. Have you ever been to a holiday destination? Maybe you've hired a house, an Airbnb, and you, you're there and it's chill out time and you notice that on the shelf there's some games, you notice on the shelf there's some old books, but you also notice the jigsaw puzzle. And you're like, you know what? I never do jigsaw puzzles. That's my story. I never do jigsaw puzzles, but there's something about being on holidays. There's something about, you know, just downtime. You go, I'm going to do a jigsaw puzzle. There is nothing more frustrating than picking that jigsaw puzzle off the shelf, spending hours and days every, you know, working on that jigsaw puzzle only to get to the end and there's pieces missing. Who can feel my pain in the room this morning? Yes, pieces missing. Now the reality is we get the idea of the picture, we sort of get the idea of what's going on. We're almost there, but it's not complete. It's not just quite right. I wonder in the room this morning if maybe that's how we feel sometimes. We're almost there, so close, but there's something missing. And this morning, I want to talk about the missing peace. You see, I would suggest that this morning, the peace that we have with God is something that we easily step into. That peace with God, which is salvation, that, that, that peace that we get because of what Jesus did for us at the cross of Calvary. And we go, you know what? Yeah, I recognize I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus. And so we have that peace with God. But who knows that maybe that peace of God that resides within us is sometimes the missing peace. We don't have that inner peace. And so we, we recognize salvation. We go, yeah, oh, cool. I've got peace with God. But, you know, as I live my life, I, I have to be honest and say, I'm not living with that inner peace. I'm saved, but I'm not settled. I'm saved, but I'm not settled. You see, we have a worry problem. Anyone? Anyone? We have a worry problem. Now, I started to look at some of the things that we, we worry about, and I thought I'll take a look at some of the lighter side of it. So I started looking at some of the phobias people have. And if you have one of these phobias here today, we stand with you and, and we love you, but we have a phobia called papaphobia. It's the fear of the Pope. <laughs> now, the fear of, I, kid, I kid you not. How about this one? Anatodeophobia. Anatodeophobia. It's fear of being watched by a duck. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't have a fear of being watched by I do have a fear of being chased by a duck, or more so a goose. 
Nobody wants to be chased by a goose, but watch by a duck. I fearfully go into this next one. Pantherophobia. It's the fear of your mother-in-law. <laughs> Where is everyone who is like Gen Z? I, I forget what generation we're up to. But all the ones that are like you, you, you're, you never knew a time in your life where there was no mobile phones. Give me a wave if you go, I never knew that there was, right? You're like, mobile phones always existed, right? This is for you. It's called nomophobia. Fear of losing mobile phone service. Nomophobia. Unbelievable. What about this one? Who, who's got good legs here? Anyone, anyone, go, anyone go, you know what? I reckon I've got great legs. How about this? Genophobia. Fear of knees. Yeah, the, the things on your legs. Like the, the fear of knees. I don't know. I mean, once upon a time, I, could, I didn't know where my knees were. They were hiding. But in recent times, anyway. Um, I also go into this one with a little bit of fear and trepidation, but it's okay because I feel like God wants to, you're going to get it in a moment. There's going to be a release that's going to come. Capastrotestophobia. Try that again, Josh. Coprostasophobia. Fear of being constipated. I've got a word for some people this morning. More fiber. Just get some... Up the, up the fibre into... Now, this one I also have a fear of, and I'm not looking at anyone, Dean Clifford. I'm not, I'm not looking at anyone, Lee, or Dar I'm looking at no one, Tommy Vieira. But it's pallidophobia. Fear of bold people. You see, oh, I don't have a fear of... I love bold people, but I maybe have a fear of being the bold person. And my main fear is that every year, my forehead seems to be getting bigger and bigger. Anyway. This is one, this is my last little one. It's quite funny and it's something that Sharon had a fear of with me when I was carrying a bit of extra weight. It's called geniophobia. It's a fear of chins. I tell you, I had so many chins going on. I would shave the beard off and Sharon would go, no, put it back on. I'm like, why? I'll be like, why? Sharon goes, there's too many chins. Way too many chins. Just one, she's a one chin woman. One chin woman. But seriously though, um, we worry about things, right? We, we have fears, we have worries, and we worry about our kids. Uh, we worry about interest rates rising. We worry about world affairs and politics. We worry about relationships. We worry maybe about our health. Uh, we worry about paying for Christmas. <laughs> no, just me. Okay, we worry about paying for Christmas. We worry about what people think of us. We worry about our jobs. Maybe we worry about our aging parents. Uh, maybe we worry about being on our own. And the list goes on and on. You know, in uh, a, a research done by the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, it said in 2021 that half of Australians, actually more than half, 59% in the last 12 months have experienced at least one, maybe more, but at least one personal stressor, a worry, a fear, anxiety in their life. The Financial Review in 2021 also reports at the same time, so we've got 59% of people putting their hand up and saying in the last 12 months, there's been a minimum of one thing that's caused stress and pressure and worry in my life. But at the same time, the Financial Review in 2021 reported Australia to be in the top four most affluent countries in the world, behind Switzerland, USA and Hong Kong. And so here we are with a high level of worry and stress and anxiety, yet we uh, live in one of the most affluent countries in the world. 
uh, also in 2021, four Australian cities were rated in the top 10 most livable cities in the world. So we see a picture here of an affluent society. We see a picture of a nation that's desired to be lived in. We are, people say Australia is the lucky country. I would say we are the blessed country. We are the great south land of the Holy Spirit. I believe that God is for us and not against us. And so we live in a great country, but yet we see such high rates of worry, stress, and anxiety. And so I want to speak into that today about the missing piece. It's a very simple message. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. It says there in verse 31, so don't worry about these things. Now, in a moment, it's going to tell us what these things are because you're like, what things? It goes on and it says, don't worry about what we will eat, what we will drink, or what we will wear. So we see there a picture of the, the needs, the, 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 the basic needs that we have, shelter, uh, uh, you know, relationship. You could, you could just keep going through and through, but you know, what we're going to eat, the, the needs, the practical needs of our life. It's saying, don't worry about these things goes on in verse 32 and says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Those who do not have a, a relationship with Jesus Christ and know of his goodness and his provision says that th these things actually dominate their thoughts. But your heavenly father, it says, already knows all of your needs. And then that's when we go on to the passage that you're probably very aware of if you've been around church or maybe uh, this is your first time today. It goes on and it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. In other words, pursue Jesus above everything. Lean into him above your needs, above all those things that we may practically need for life. It says, lean into God and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. What's it telling us? It's telling us that he is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord God, our provider. Uh, it goes on around that passage. It talks about, you know, do not the birds, does he not take care of the birds of the air? You see, a bird doesn't stress or worry. It just knows that there's going to be provision of what it needs next. And that is the life that you and I are called to is a life where we can go, you know, there may be cares or concerns, but we're not living it from a place of worry because our trust is in God. We know that he's our heavenly father and he's going to provide everything we need just at the right time. On Friday, as I was um, preparing for this message, a friend asked me what I was sharing on. I, I, I gave that response and, and he said to me, but there's always something to worry about, Josh. Because I said, you know, I, I believe that we shouldn't worry. And he goes, but there's always something to worry about. Now, that's true. But I want to share something with you today that I believe can help us make a life-changing shift away from worry. Is anyone keen? Anyone keen? Cool. That's good. That's good. See, Matthew 6 says, don't worry about the things of life. Philippians 4 tells us, do not be anxious, worry about anything. 365 times in the, Bible, in the Bible, we are told not to fear, not to worry or to be anxious. 365. That tells me that there's one for every day of the year. There is one Bible reference, one scripture, one promise for every day of the year that reminds us, hey, don't be in fear, don't worry, don't be anxious. Isn't that cool? The Bible is so cool. 365. But here's what I recognize. It's a great instruction, but it can be a difficult application. It's a great instruction. Yeah, oh, Josh, yeah, it's easy to say, oh, don't worry. It's easy to say it, but maybe it's a little bit harder to live it. I love 1 Peter 5, 7 when it says, cast all of your anxiety, your cares, on him because what? He cares for you. Give them over to him. He cares for us, so he's saying, give them to me. Like he loves us so much, he's like, don't you worry about it. I've got this. It's like being out for dinner and the bill goes a little bit higher than you're expecting, but someone says, don't worry about it, I got it. 
in that moment, you go, oh, awesome. God, someone's, uh, did that happen this week? Yeah, cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? But that's what it's like. It's like God's going, hey, hey, just, I'll pick up the tab. Don't you stress about it. Don't you worry about it. Give it, cast it over to me. Give it over to me. Now, anxiety literally talks about cares. And another word for cares is the word concern. All right, I want to I build something here. Let's look at the words concern and let's look at the words worry very quickly. The word concern literally translates as a matter that engages a person's attention. We would understand that, you know, when we've got something that's concerning us, when there's, some, that, when there's a care, there's something going on, it, it gets our attention, right? And it goes on to say it also affects our welfare. And so we see here that a concern is something that we become aware of. Can we put that together? There's a concern, there's an awareness, there's something bothering us, there's a problem, there's an issue. So we have a concern and we become aware. But when we look at the word worry used in Matthew chapter 6, it, it talks about being troubled with cares. Let's move that care word around, troubled with concerns. So we have the word concern, which is an awareness, but then when we look at the word worry, it's stepped into another dimension where it's now we are troubled with our concerns. So we have, what we have there is we've moved from being an, an awareness to now we've become absorbed. We've become absorbed. And I wanna to suggest today that when it comes to cares and concerns, we want to be aware, but we don't want to become absorbed. We don't want to become absorbed. Now you go, what are you talking about? Like uh, someone might say, oh, just chill out, don't worry. And you go, but what do you mean? When we say don't worry, what, we're not saying don't care. It's not saying don't carry a level of concern. Be aware of the concern, be aware of the matter, but don't allow it to absorb you. Don't step from being aware into being absorbed. Don't step from carrying a concern to allowing that worry to be, that concern to become a worry. Does that make sense? Are you with me this morning? You see, Jesus, when he's preparing his disciples for his journey to the cross, he says, I've told you these things. So he's preparing them for him ascending to the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit's going to come and be with them and in them. And he says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. May have peace. And it goes on and he says, in this world, you will have trouble. So it's okay to be concerned about things. It's actually okay to care. We should care. We shouldn't bury our head in the sand and go, oh, I don't care. No, no, no. We need to care. We need to have concern. But what the Bible is teaching and what we're seeing here in Matthew chapter 6 is don't allow concerns to turn into worries. There's a difference. Be concerned, but don't be absorbed and get into that place of worry. And it says, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. But take heart. Why? Because Jesus says, I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. Isn't that good news? And so the reality this morning is we will always have cares. In this room, there are cares and concerns that would probably would fill a book. But my encouragement and the message and the simplicity of this message that I want to bring today is let's not convert our concerns into worry. You go, Josh, that's great. How? Thank you for asking. It's simple, by casting them on Jesus. What did he say? Cast your anxiety, cast your cares on me. He's saying, hand them over. And so the way that we don't move from concern into worry is to not hold on to those things, but give them over to Jesus. It's, it said there, uh, so that in me, 
you may have peace. In John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You see, we, we cast them onto Jesus. We, we are free of worry when we're in relationship with Jesus. We will never be able to free ourselves from worry apart from a relationship with Jesus. We will never be able to free ourselves from worry when we are carrying and trying to move them along. But we need to know what it is to cast them, cast our concerns, cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Now, casting is an energetic word. Ever been fishing? Right? You, you, when you, you cast, like as, right? Now, you might be really skilled here and you're like, I'm a one-handed caster. Good for you. That's great. But I'm not that guy. I'm the two-handed car. I'm like, and everything's, it's like, it, it's energetic. It requires some effort, all right? And the idea is that when you're casting a line, you throw it, what? Away from you. You don't cast it down in front of you. You don't cast it upon yourself. You don't hook yourself on the hook. Hey, I went fishing. What did you catch? My foot. Now, has anyone ever got a hook in a, in a hand or an eye? Not good. But the whole idea is that we throw it that's the picture we're getting, and that's, that's what's being said here. Cast your cares. Throw them. Throw them to Jesus. See, to throw something means you've got to let go of it. And I believe that when we end up in that place of worry, it's because we've gone, mm. we, we forgot to let go. We, forgot to, we, we actually forgot to put it over in the hands of Jesus. And so we've got to get the concerns out of our hands and into his hands, right? The pressures and the burdens of your life are so heavy and difficult that it takes a concentration and an effort for us to put them on Jesus. We've actually got to really be energetic about it. We've actually got to apply ourselves to it. We've actually got to focus ourselves to it. Now, Charles Spurgeon, he said this, this work of casting can be so difficult that we need to use two hands to do it. I love this. He says, we need the hand of prayer and we need the hand of faith. We need the hand of prayer and we need the hand of faith. He goes on and he says, prayer tells God what the care is. You see, it says, cast your cares upon him. But he's all knowing, doesn't he already know? Yeah, but, he's, but Jesus, God desires relationship with us. Is he all knowing? Yes, he is. Does he know what you're walking through? Yes, he is. But he doesn't want to be a distant God. He wants to be an up close personal savior. And so he's saying, cast it. Like, yeah, God knows, but he wants relationship with us. He wants us to share. Look at David in the Psalms pouring out his heart. Did God not know? Yeah, of course God knew. But there's something that happens when we step in and go, God, you know what? Here's how I'm going. Here's where I'm at. I'm actually now going to just put my cares on you. Right? And so prayer tells God what the care is, and it asks for God to help us, but faith believes that God can and will do it. Come on, God will and can do it. And so we have, when we're casting, we're, we're, we're casting with the, with the hand of faith and we're, and we're believing, sorry, we're praying on one hand and we're believing in faith on the other. It's not just like, oh, God, I give it to you. You see, if we do not have a trust and a faith in the goodness of God, we will take it back. How many times have you prayed about it, but then you're still carrying it? How many times do we pray, God, it's all yours, but then we keep, we keep carrying it and we keep trying to work it out. We need to not just pray, God, have it. We need to actually in faith go, it's yours and I'm trusting you to bring it through. 
It's yours, it's yours. It's not mine, it's yours. Don't pick it back up. Cast it, cast it. You see, Peter was speaking to believers in this moment who were facing persecution. They were facing difficulty and he encourages them to hand over their fears and their worries to God. What is that? That's prayer. It's prayer. And he says to, and then he's saying, trust in God and rely on him to bring about the justice, his justice in the right time. In the right time. See, that's what it is to give it to God. We've got to trust his timing. Again, another way that we end up picking up the concerns and cares that we should be casting is because we get impatient with God's timing. And if we're going to trust God, we've got to take our hands off and go, God, I don't just trust you with the situation, but I trust you with the timing of the situation. That's the key. Something I've learned as a Christian, it's easy to say things. It's a lot harder to live them out. I trust you, God. Do I? That's not revealed through what I say. It's going to be revealed through what I do. Ah, don't worry. Yeah, I'm not worried. Really, am I? Have I really cast? It's easy to say no worries, but it's a whole lot easier, a whole lot more difficult to live it. But you know what? If someone told you that being a Christian was just this wishy-washy, wavy, uh, you know, shallow end of the pool thing, it's not the truth. Right? We've got a faith that is robust, that is strong, that is worth fighting for, that's worth digging for, because there is so much gold and there is so much growth and there is so much for us when we actually get, get physical with our faith and actually start working it out, not just speaking it out. Philippians 4, again, I mentioned it earlier, but it's where it says, uh, and you may have heard this passage, don't, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything and in every situation by prayer and petition. So there it is again. Cast your cares on him, pray, give it to him and believe in faith. Again, we're told here, don't be anxious about everything, but in every situation. And you're like, every situation? Yeah, every situation. Well, even the, even the menial stuff, even the stuff that, that I think doesn't matter. Yeah, even that. Why? Because he loves you. He cares for you. He wants to be close. He wants that relationship with you and I. I think sometimes we think we can only go to God with the stuff that's worked out. Or the stuff that is a little bit cleaner. We go, oh, I need to clean this up before I present it to God. No, he's saying bring it all. Bring it all as it is. Right? And it says when we do that with thanksgiving, with a grateful heart that says, God, you're good. We present our request to God. And listen to what it says next. When we do that, so when we stop worrying about everything, but we bring it to him, so we cast it onto him. It says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, can't can't really be explained, can only be experienced. You know that peace, that, uh, that, you, that inner peace, that you can't explain it, but you can only experience it. it, says it's that peace will guard your hearts and your minds. It'll guard your emotions. It'll guard your thinking. It'll guard us from making rash decisions. It'll guard us from making foolish decisions. You see, it's the peace of God that guards. I think we get it back to front and, we, and we're working so hard trying to be the guard when God says, no, no let my peace guard you. So we need, what, what our, where our effort needs to go is, is to be leaning into relationship and casting our cares on him. Let him be the guard. Let him be the guard of your heart. Let him be the guard of you. Let his peace guard you. Let his peace lead you forward. Amen? We pray and God's peace guides. Sorry, guards. We pray God's peace guards. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. In perfect peace. So perfect peace on all those minds who are fixed on the news. 
perfect peace for all those who are, who are fixed on financial problems, the doctor's report. No, perfect peace comes to those whose thoughts are fixed on Christ. You see, we'll be kept in perfect peace when our mind is leaning on God. Here's my main thought for today. Peace comes from knowing that God is in control. Now, there's a few things. I was listening to a message by Craig Grishel, and he was speaking into this subject, and, and he said this about worry, and I thought it was worth repeating. Uh, a couple of things he said. He said, three things we should know about worry. The first thing is it might not happen. So we worry about things that may not even happen. And then he says, and the other category is, well, it might happen, but it might, might not be as bad as what we thought it would be. So we've blown it up and it's actually not that big. But then there's the other one where, yeah, it happens and it's as big as we thought it would be, but God is there to carry us through it. So it may not happen. It might happen, but not as bad. But if it does happen, he's with us. His peace guards us. He surrounds us. What do we have to fear? What? Cast your cares upon him. Amen. You see, worry is a great revealer of what we haven't given over to God. It's actually a great revealer of what we haven't given over to God. Concern, remember the difference, concern and worry. What, when, we, when we've moved to worry, we're absorbed by that thing. That thing has got us bound. And worry is a great revealer of what we have not given over to God. So the reality is, if we are worrying about it, then that tells me that we're holding on to it. And so we've become absorbed. I want to close with a story. Uh, late last year, uh, Sharon and I uh, were obviously preparing to move up here to the Gold Coast. And throughout all of last year, uh, God had us on a journey of talking to us about a new season and a new assignment. And we really felt and knew very clearly that God had spoken to us uh, about a change and a transition that has seen us land here in January. Obviously, as a part of that process, you've got things you've got to do. And one of those things that we had to do was sell our home. Now, in Adelaide at the time, like everywhere else around the country, property sales were booming. And uh, my brother had just sold his house and just got a record price. And so as we're preparing our house for sale, everyone's telling us all this amazing things. Oh man, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Like, oh, you're going to rake it in and it'll sell on the first day because that's what was happening. You'd have one open and it would sell. We had a unique property where uh, it had a granny, a fully self-contained granny flat. It was unique. And so even then the agent's like, man, I don't even know where to start with this. Anything could happen. So Sharon and I obviously filled with excitement. As soon as ours went onto the market, literally three streets away, another house with a fully self-contained granny flat goes on the market. Awesome. We had opens on the same day. We were going to auction. So we had three weeks of opens. On that first weekend of opens, we had lots of people through, great. That other house had lots of people through and sold that day for a record price. Didn't even go to auction, sold. So we're like, cool, there goes the competition, great, even better. So we go through three weeks of opens, we get to the auction day and we're all excited and everyone's told us, ah, oh, pumping air in our tires. Basically, within half an hour of the auction starting, every registered bidder pulled out. <laughs> every registered bidder. And so Sharon and I are sitting there, we've got this chair on the front porch and we're just sitting there and the agents, you could see the stress in their eyes. You could see they're like, oh no, what are we gonna do? I've got family members, I've got friends there encouraging us. It's, oh, it's okay, Josh, it's all like, oh. And, and Sharon and I are sitting there and the agent comes up and he goes, oh, look, I'm really sorry. I'm like, it's all good. Sharon and I are like, no problem, it's fine. 
Like it is what it is, you know? And so there was this calm, there was this peace that we had. In a moment where it didn't go the way we expected, we just had this peace, why? Because we knew that God had gone before us. He had spoken to us about our future. And so in that moment, our trust was not in the agent. Our trust wasn't in all everyone's opinion. Our trust was, well, God, you've started a journey in us. And so we're casting it on you. Sitting there out the front, sulking and getting anxious and upset, what would, what would that do? Nothing. So we just, in that moment, we just said, all good. God knows what He's doing. We trust Him. Within 48 hours of that auction, not even happening, we get a phone call. Oh, Josh, there's some people that'd like to look through this afternoon. We're like, sure. So Sharon and I went off to the beach with Coco while they went through. They ring us on the way home. They go, Josh, we've shown the people through and they say they know you. I'm like, oh, okay, how do they know us? And they said, well, you've got a family photo on the wall. I'm like, oh yeah, that'll do it. Um, and they've looked at this family photo and they say they know you. And I'm like, okay, who are they? And they name their names. This, this family are pastors of a church only 10 minutes from our church. We've known them for years. They're pastors of a different, in a different movement, but we've, we've interacted, we fa family members know each other. So I'm like, yeah, I know them. They go, well, they want to make an offer, cash unconditional, um, and here it is, boom. Within an hour, we had signed contracts, the property was sold, done. Done. You see, we can worry about things or we can cast our cares upon Him because He cares for us. Would you stand this morning? Here's what we want to do today. I want to close by praying because in this room, there are cares and concerns that you're carrying. And today we want to pray into those cares and concerns and we're going to cast them to the feet of Jesus. Because my prayer for you as you go into Christmas is that you will not allow any care or concern that you're facing become a worry. This is going to be a worry-free Christmas for GLOW. Who believes that? A worry-free, who, who would declare that? Who's got faith? Come on, who's got faith? We're going to pray it, but we're going to believe it. Who's got faith that this can be and will be a worry-free Christmas? Anyone? Why don't we close our eyes? I don't need a show of hands to know in this room that we're carrying cares and concerns, but I believe that the presence and the power of God is here today to meet you at your point of need. Something's going to shift today from this message. As you take a hold of it, something's going to shift. As you cast your cares, these things that have been gripping you and absorbing you, they're going to lift and there's going to be a peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray for every person, man, woman, child in this room, young and old and everywhere in between. And Lord, we cast our cares upon you today because we know you care for us. Every concern that we have right now, whatever it may be, it may be practical, physical, whatever it is, you care about it and so we give it to you. But we don't just give it to you, we take our hands off it, we're casting it, we're throwing it to you and we're saying, take it from us. And Lord, I pray that every care and concern that is represented in this room this morning and represented online this morning will not become a worry that absorbs us. In Jesus' Name, we're making a decision in prayer and in faith to not step into worry. We're gonna have an awareness, but we're not gonna be absorbed by these things. And God, I pray for a new freedom to come right now in the Name of Jesus. Lord, would You lift every worry, Lord, that is in this room. Lift the worries right now. No worries in Jesus' Name. No worries in Jesus' precious Name. If you receive that and declare that over your life, can you give God a shout of praise this morning? Come on, can we give Him a shout of praise? Turn to the person next to you and go, no worries. And the other side, no worries. Don't worry. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. Tune in next week for more great messages and to stay up to date with what's happening at GLOW. For more information, check us out on our social media platforms or on our website, glowchurch.com. We hope you have an awesome week.